With Vita Vea missing the rest of the 2020 season, we take a look at what direction the Buccaneers could go in in order to replace such a big void in the defense. On top of that, we take on some voicemails from our listeners discussing the Thursday night game against the Bears and wrap things up regarding Thursday night football from the NFL. All this and more on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast brought to you by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, so let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with contactless Visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. I'm James Yarko, flying solo today. You can find everything that myself and my co-host David Harrison are doing over at BucksNation.com. And make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks at jarco underscore bucks, at dharrison82, and at bucks underscore nation. Now your Tampa Bay Buccaneers lead story from James Yarko of the Locked On Bucks podcast. We take a look at Vita Vea, who will be missing the rest of the 2020 season following an ankle injury that he suffered on Thursday night football against the Chicago Bears. Now on yesterday's episode... David and I discussed the fact that J.C. Cornell of the Draft Network, later confirmed by multiple sources, uh, the Buccaneers had reached out to Damon Snacks Harrison of the Seattle Seahawks to see what his interest would be in joining the Buccaneers and replacing Vita Vea for the rest of the season. Snacks Harrison, of course, has familiarity with Buccaneers defensive coordinator Todd Bowles due to his time in New York. Now, Snacks declined the offer and opted to stay on Seattle's practice squad for the time being. We're not going to say that that door is officially closed, but it's pretty close. David and I also discussed the in-house players that are going to have to step up in a rotational sense. Of course, there's Ndamukong Sue, but you have William Golston, who has played extremely well the past couple weeks. You have Raheem Nunez-Roches, who is a rotational player as it is. He's going to have to take on a larger role. You have guys like Patrick O'Connor, as well as rookie Khalil Davis out of Nebraska that has not seen active time for the Buccaneers yet this season. However... There's a couple of other options that David Harrison dived into on BucksNation.com. And one of the names that he brought up is veteran Marcel Darius. He's a younger player than Snacks Harrison. He he will turn he just turned 30 years old earlier this year. And his last season was with the Jaguars where he played in only six games because of a core muscle injury landed him on injured reserve. 
So his best seasons came in 2013 and 2014 with the Buffalo Bills. He made two Pro Bowls, was a first-team All-Pro, and had 17 and a half sacks in those two seasons combined. He's not going to put up that level of production, but this is a big guy that can chew up blockers, create opportunity for guys like Sue, guys like Golston, and of course your rushers from the outside, Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barrett, your inside linebackers, Levante David, and Devin White. This is a guy with playoff experience. He played at an extremely high level already in the NFL and can be someone to help fill the void in a rotational role with guys like William Golston, uh, Ricky Nunez-Roaches, and Khalil Davis, should Davis get the opportunity. Now, another person that David brought up, which is a very interesting idea, is practice squad player and former seventh-round pick Terry Beckner out of LSU. This is something you have to take a look at the practice squads across the landscape of the NFL as to somebody that they could go out there and they could pluck off that practice squad. And as fate would have it, Beckner is actually part of the Chicago Bears practice squad. He had a solid training camp. He was suspended for violating the league rules on performance-enhancing substances. He joined the Bears practice squad in late September and could return to the team with some knowledge of the scheme, having been in NFL practices for a little while he may be in better shape than some of these veterans that they could go and sign off the street. So really great stuff from David Harrison over at BucksNation.com. He dives in a little bit deeper than that, but this is something the Buccaneers have to sit down and figure out, and they need to do it quickly as they're preparing to play the Green Bay Packers on Sunday. Now, is somebody like a you know like a Marcel Darius or like a Terry Beckner going to come in and immediately be active for Sunday's game against the Packers? No, probably not. It's going to take a little bit of time to get up to speed. Somebody like Snacks Harrison probably could immediately come in and play given his familiarity with what Todd Bowles likes to do. But you take some of these guys from another practice squad or sign a free agent off the street, it's going to take a little time for them to get acclimated to the defense, get into game shape, and be able to get on to the field. But it's important that the Buccaneers have a plan ready for the Packers because they are getting ready to face the number one offense in the NFL and try to avoid going from 3-1 and one and slipping all the way down to 3-3, three and three, possibly out of first place of the NFC South. Coming up in just a moment, we are going to dive into a couple of voicemails that you guys were kind enough to send in over the weekend following the loss to the Bears. But first, we have to give a shout-out to a friend of ours, rockauto.com. Look, one reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like mortgage or food. In my case, my son plays hockey, very expensive sport. I can use some of that money towards new equipment, ice fees, hotel stays, whatever the case may be. Why are you going to choose to spend up to 30, 50, even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? For example, a Delphi FG1456 fuel pump assembly for a Honda Odyssey years 2005 to 2010, 
$353.99 at a big chain store. At rockauto.com, that same exact product, $216.79. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. It's a Tuesday edition here of the Locked On Bucks podcast, and uh, it's just me. It's just James today. David gets the night off. Uh, you know, he has to uh, he has to steer the ship on Wednesdays. So hey, you know what? Here I am. But I got plenty of calls. From all of you fantastic listeners, we're going to dive in to some of these right now. Hey, what's going on, David James? Yo, I'm really pissed about this game. Name Ojizzle. And uh, driving to work from, uh, from Orlando going to Tampa. And uh, just pissed about this game. Like, nobody talked about what I'm getting ready to say. And for me, it's about the offensive play calling. David, you said that Rojo was on fire, and I agree with that 100%. What I don't like with Byron Leftwich is he'll run Rojo, and then he'll stop, and then he'll abandon the run for a little while. Uh, Rojo got hit in the backfield one time this game and uh, stopped for a loss. And we went to passing the ball. Come on, man. It was like less than three minutes left in, in the game. So you couldn't grind it out a little bit. You couldn't take some of the time off the clock, punt it, give us good field position uh, for our defense. Instead, we went basically three and out, man. I'm tired of that. That is killing me. Also, I'm not going to blame Todd Bowles too much. I love our front seven up there. The corners, come on, man. Y'all got a hit, man. One thing that I saw the Bears doing against our offense is they were popping us. And our corners were not making their the Bears wide receivers pay at all. Now, we getting popped, and our corners are laying the Bears down. Come on, man, pop them. Make them get alligator arms. I believe in hard-hitting defenses. Vera, you put the ball up in the air, pop them. That's all I got to say, guys. Appreciate everything y'all doing. Love listening to the pod every morning on my drive to work. And uh, go Bucks. All right, appreciate the call. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot to dive into in this. There are some issues with Byron Leftwich, Byron Leftwich's play calling, and I agree with you. It's it's so funny to hear somebody call in and talk about how they're not running Ronald Jones enough that that Leftwich gets away from him too quickly. 
because I see the exact opposite in the Bucks Nation Twitter mentions when I'm live tweeting the games. Every single time I tweet about Ronald Jones rushing the ball, I get inundated with people complaining about running the ball, especially, especially if it's on a first down. Ronald Jones is one of the best weapons this offense has right now, and he is going to be a huge factor against the Green Bay Packers. You want to know how to slow down the number one offense in the NFL? Don't let them come on the field. You're having issues with your secondary. Guess what? Aaron Rodgers is going to get Devontae Adams back. Guess what? Aaron Rodgers has a new favorite tight end that he just chucked three touchdown passes to in their last game against Atlanta. Guess what? Aaron Jones is not only a weapon in the running game, but he's also a huge weapon in the passing game. You want to slow that down? Run the ball. Drag out the clock. Keep feeding Ronald Jones as much and as often as you can. And on top of that, may have a healthy Leonard Fournette back. So now you're wearing him down with Rojo throughout the game. And we're going to see something similar like we did against Denver, where Leonard Fournette comes in at the very end of the game and busts off a 40-yarder because the defense is flat out tired. You have to continue to run the ball. Analytics people are going to sit there and whine and cry about running the ball and all the probabilities and percentages and blah, 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 blah. At the end of the day, football is football. You have to establish a solid run game if you are going to have success in the NFL, period. We went through this last year about the teams in the playoffs and where they ranked running the football. They were all at the top, guys. They were all at the top. And you know what? The worst running teams in the NFL didn't make the playoffs. I'm not saying you have to run it on every single play. I'm not saying Ronald Jones needs 38 touches and Tom Brady should throw 15 passes or less. That's not the point that I'm making. But you have to stick to the run game. And our caller, I'm I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't catch your name. I'm not sure if if you just didn't leave it in the voicemail. Byron Leftwich has a tendency to abandon it too quickly. Yeah, we see Ronald Jones a carry for two yards. Ronald Jones carry for three yards. Ronald Jones carry for no gain. But you stick with it long enough and you see what Ronald Jones can do. He busts off 10, 15, 25 yard runs in the blink of an eye. You have to be able to stick with it, especially against a team like the Green Bay Packers. I agree that I have some issues with Byron Leftwich's play calling. It's not terrible. I'm not saying that Byron Leftwich is a bad play caller. I'm not saying he's a bad offensive coordinator. I think we're still seeing inexperience and kind of that new offensive coordinator mentality creep in sometimes where maybe he's just not confident enough in his abilities and he he overthinks things and creates more issues. Again, he's not been doing this very long, everybody. He hasn't. And David talked about it on yesterday's episode that maybe he and Bruce are kind of taking turns. We saw how that worked out with Dirk Cutter and Todd Munkin. It doesn't. Give it to Byron and let him do it. 
But Byron has got to be more confident in his ability to call the right plays, not second-guess himself, not abandon things too quickly just because they're not working right out of the gate. So coming up, we got another voicemail, uh, maybe a little bit about the same topic. Hey, this is Tony in Orlando, Florida. Uh, Long-time listener, try to check in at least once a week, enjoy your show. A couple of things about the Chicago game. Um, Gosh, pretty frustrating overall. Uh, some of the play calling really kind of disturbed me. Uh, you know, some of the, some of the play calling on, on certain downs, particularly like the, uh, the fourth and one. Um, I, I wish they'd had uh, gone for it rather than kicking that field goal, but hey, what are you going to do? Uh, in terms of actual, uh, performances or concern, I think that that uh I was pleasantly pleased by by uh Johnson's work uh as a receiver and Roger looked good. Uh some of the other obvious uh, issues uh, with the receiving core, you know, I don't know if it was a lack of familiarity, you know, with Brady and some of those receivers. It's it's really difficult to say, but Defensively, and I say I would say an okay performance. Um, more on the play calling side, I think I was more critical of the actual player performances. Uh, you know, Dean looked good. Uh, Carlton Davis looked decent. Uh, just thoughts on on some of those points. Uh, looking forward to the Packer game. Uh, I think we're going to rebound. I really do. Uh, couldn't play any worse than that overall. But uh, take care and uh, go Bucks. Tony, thank you very much for the call. Yeah, and, you know, I talked about that fourth and one play yesterday. I would have preferred that they had gone for it. But you know what? I, I think back and I think, what if they had gone for it that close and missed it? And then Chicago ends up winning the game. What would everybody have been saying Friday morning? Why didn't you just kick the field goal and take the lead? Why'd you get greedy? You know, it's a it's a double-edged sword. It, you know, catch-22, whatever phrase you want to use. Um, we can look back in hindsight and say it was the wrong decision. But if the Bucks end up winning that game, guess what? That was the right decision. That's just kind of how it goes for a head coach in the NFL. As far as Tyler Johnson is concerned... I think he he looked really good. He's starting to come into his own a little bit. He's starting to be able to get more opportunity. And I think that's really going to continue to shine heading into the rest of the season. David and I talked about it a lot after he was drafted with this modified training camp. And we were saying, you know, Tyler Johnson's probably not going to be a big factor early on in the year. But as we get towards the middle of the season, heading into the end of the season, hopefully into the playoffs, Tyler Johnson is going to become more and more a part of this offense. And he showed that he's got some legitimate talent on Thursday against the Bears. Hopefully that'll continue and spill over into Sunday. Don't know the status of of Scotty Miller. Don't know what's going on with Justin Watson. We assume that Chris Godwin's going to play, but who knows at this point. You know, hamstrings are, are tricky. You come back too soon. You got a whole Julio Jones situation going on. So... You know, I I like to see Tyler Johnson involved. I like to see him get more opportunity, and I think he will 
as we continue to get deeper into the season. One more quick voicemail uh, before we have to hit a break from Brent in Houston, Texas. How you doing, guys? This is Brent from Houston, Texas. Uh, just calling to say very disappointed in the loss. Um, just it, it looked like a Mike Smith defense that we was playing, just soft coverage. Uh, the biggest thing me and my buddies were saying was we two things we can't don't need to happen was to lose and lose a player. And if we lose Vita Vea, he's probably the one of the most invaluable players that we have on defense because he's irreplaceable. And if he's gone for the season, that's going to take a big blow. Very disappointed in the, in the loss. Just looked like we played not to lose instead of playing to win. Uh, we The penalties look like the same team from last year. Uh, it's just very disappointing. Uh, hopefully in the next couple of days that we get off, that we can get it together and, and, and get back on track. Yeah, have a great day. Go Bucks. Brent, thank you very much for the call. Yeah, I was not a big fan of the soft coverage. I don't know if that was part of the game plan in this one, saying, you know what, let Nick Foles dink and dunk. We have the speed. We have the athleticism. We can keep the ball in front of us, you know, force them to punt, put them in situations where, you know, they want to try a deep ball. We're not going to let it get behind us. We're not going to get beat over the top by Allen Robinson or Mooney or or who el, who whoever it is. But yeah, some some questionable decisions in that game. Hopefully they're sitting down in the film room, they're figuring it out and making sure they don't make the same mistakes. Got to hit a break real quick before we get to our final voicemail of the day. And of course, we have to give a shout out to our friends over at Built Go. That's right, the same people that have brought you those delicious Built Bars. They're bringing you a whole new experience break through your wall whether it's a mental or physical wall break through it with go every day easy to take one and a half ounce packages you can put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever your golf bag to power through the back nine or put it in your pocket just to get through the day built go is the best workout gel on the market it's five hour energy without the same crash feeling plus it's natural so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster with a third of the caffeine and better results. It comes in three amazing flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate milk. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is a fast-absorbing protein, so it gets into your system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite your work. Beta-alanine. B3, honey, and just a kick of caffeine. Built Go then kicks to keep me going strong. B6, B12, 10,000% of your daily recommended B12. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll receive 20% off your next order. Again, promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go! Wrapping things up here on a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we have one more voicemail to get to, and it'll lead me perfectly onto my soapbox. Hey guys, it's Chef Aaron. Oh my goodness, where to begin in such a little time. 
Obviously the pinstripes, so we're desperate for their uh, five seconds of fame or whatever. I swear, literally, this whole game was Refgate. I'm just going to say right there, hashtag Refgate. Yes, the Buccaneers shot themselves in the foot and committed egregious mental blunders all game long. 76, I am so done with him. They need to trade for somebody sooner because I cannot take his loafing anymore. It's it's seriously two or three games he's good, and then he'll have a disaster game like he does tonight and like he did in New Orleans. It's the same consistent inconsistencies with him. And going off board, uh, the rest of the O-line, oh, my goodness, they got mauled today. There's no ifs, ands, or what's about it. They got their you-know-what's handed to them. The defensive line, uh, how many more? How many times was uh, like seriously? Vea gets held on every play and does not even get one freaking call for it. And prayers up to him. That has to be a broken ankle. That that was disgusting. And Shaq Barrett uh, getting not one but two egregious penalties. Uh, the rest set the tone for this game. I don't care what anybody says. Yes, we like I said, we had our mental mistakes, but the refs completely turned the momentum in Chicago's favor. It was so clear that the refs were just trying to put their imprint on this game because this was such a horrifically officiated game. I don't think any game will come close to this. But yeah, and I have to ask, what's with the soft coverage defense? This is not what our guys do best. Our, Bulls seems like he's coaching scared. If he's scared of uh, the def- of what our guys do with defense after two after one game where they just got outmatched or whatever, then that just shows the level of distrust he has because these guys are not soft coverage or like uh, cover two or they're they're not soft coverage. Just secondary. They're man to man press secondary, and the last two games. The way I've seen them being schemed, it shows that Bulls does not trust them. And if there's no trust, then you know what? This defense is maybe going to unravel sooner than we think. Chef, thank you for the call. Uh, Talked about a lot of what you called in about already. I will say this. I'm not going to attack Donovan Smith. He's had some real rough moments this year. But you know what? On Thursday, I'm not pinning it on him, man. Khalil Mack made everybody look stupid. Everybody. That guy is just another level of beast. He wasn't just beating Donovan Smith. He was beating the snot out of Tristan Wirfs, who, you guys remember, completely manhandled Joey Bosa the week before. So it's not like this guy doesn't have talent or you can't point and say, oh, well, he's you know a rookie going up against elite pass rusher. Well, guess what? He did that the week before and dominated. Khalil Mack is just a next-level athlete and and just he he's he's one of the best for a reason i mean top two top two pass rusher in the nfl but chef you leave me to my soapbox with all of this referee discussion and i'm gonna have to make it quicker than anticipated because i am already up against the clock but here it is guys i don't care what roger goodell thinks i don't care about the extra money that they are able to bring in. We're already talking about a multi-billion dollar company. This Thursday night football stuff needs 
to go. Think about it. Think about it for a second. When was the last time you got done watching a Thursday night football game and you thought or you tweeted or you put on Facebook, man, what an incredible game. You haven't because they're all terrible. The players are coming in off a short week. They're banged up. They had absolutely no rest. So the play suffers. Because the play is suffering, now guys are getting lazy. They're getting sloppy. And now we have the referee show. We have the the pinstripe parade going on that detracts from the game. We saw it on Thursday. You know, the Bucs would be driving down the field and then they start beating the snot out of themselves with penalties because these guys are going through such massive physical tolls week in and week out. And then you're asking them to play four days later so that you can bring in more ad revenue? Are you kidding me? What about player safety? There's no reason for this anymore. We tried it. We've been doing it for the past couple years. And the product, week in and week out, completely sucks. It's terrible. Not only that, we get horrible matchups on Thursday night football. Just absolutely terrible matchup. I mean, I guess that's the only way you can get people to watch Jacksonville against the Jets is because, well, it's the only thing on. What else are you going to do with your time? And then you're going to multicast it between Fox, NFL Network, Amazon Prime. And I get it. The Amazon Prime thing is cool. You can choose your broadcast crew. You can watch it with the next gen stats. Like, that's cool stuff. Use it on Sunday when we care. Stop forcing these guys to go out on the field and produce a bad, below average product. I'm having to censor myself because I'm getting worked up and I don't want to say something I'm not allowed to. It's not worth it. It's not worth it to the players. It's not worth it to the fans. And you go so above and beyond to try to paint your league in the best light possible. Then you trot that abomination out week after week. And I'm not just saying this because the Bucks laid an egg against the Bears. I mean, we're used to the Buccaneers losing on Thursday night. Have they won on Thursday night since they started doing this way back when? I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm thinking the answer is no. But stop it. The games are terrible. Give these guys the time they're supposed to have. Let them rest on Monday Let them get in the film room on Tuesday. They can get back to practice on Wednesday the way it's supposed to be. When I was a kid, my dad and I used to, week after week, we would play the pick'em game. We would each go through, we would pick the winner of every NFL game, and it never failed. My dad picked the winner of the previous week's Monday night game to lose the following Sunday, and I never got it. And more often than not, he was right. And I finally asked him, why do you do that? Why do you ask me who won on Monday night? 
and then pick them to lose on Sunday. He said it's the Monday night jinx. These guys are coming off a short week. They didn't get the normal rest. Their schedule's thrown off. Most of the time, they lose. That's what you're doing to these guys on Thursday night football. Knock it off. We don't need it. We really, really don't. There's my soapbox. I'm going to step down because I am out of time. David will be back tomorrow. He and I will dive into more Buccaneers talk, probably start talking a little bit about the Packers. Uh, Until then, please check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other, and we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.